He does not make no mistakes. So if God's placed you in that position in your world, he's placed you there to impact it, to change it, to make a difference. So I'm going to give you five key points tonight how to impact your world. Are you ready? Number one, be relevant. Be relevant. Now, we've talked about relevance over the last couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about it a little bit again tonight. Why is it when we try to reach people for God that all of a sudden we become different to who we normally are? Let me say that one more time. How come is it when we start to talk to other people about God that we all of a sudden kind of change and we put on this holy voice? Come on, uh, uh, no disrespects, but I'm telling you this. When we talk to the priest on Monday in the office before the service, he's just such a soft-spoken guy. You know, come on, tell me about Marilyn. Tell me about uh, what are we going to do for the service and just his voice. And this guy stands up in front of the church and he speaks and he's scary. He's scary. His voice changed. He just wasn't the same person. All of a sudden, and all this kind of stuff. I was like, where did that come from? Is this the same guy? But so often we're like that. It may not be the way we speak as in the tone, but in the language we speak. What's up with all the Christianese that we talk? Trying to be holy and trying to speak in realms and in ways that people don't understand. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is, talks about the Holy Spirit coming in such a powerful way and, and coming upon them. But we're going to read Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And it says these words, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Praise God for the Holy Spirit coming. Thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit that God promised would come upon them. But I want us to read on. Let's read on. Look what it says. And we're going to read from verse 5 through verse 12. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem... Devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, the Meds and the Elamites dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and, what's that, hot chocolate, cappuccino, Pontius and Asia. All those places. And let's creep down to verse 11. And we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Verse 12. So they were all amazed, perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? In that passage of Scripture that I just absolutely butchered there, and I apologize for that. But in that passage of Scripture there, three times we hear them say these things. They're speaking our language. They are speaking our language. They don't know our language, but they're speaking it. These are Galileans. How can they? They are speaking our language. 
But what do we see is the language or the words that they were speaking was what they were proclaiming the wonderful works of God. The Holy Spirit was given to mankind to speak the wonderful works of God. Think about this. God gave every one of us the Holy Spirit to be a witness and to reach out to those around us. And now with the Holy Spirit that's able to dwell inside of us, we need to realize that there's a power inside of us that can reach out, that can speak the language of those around. What do I mean by speaking the language? If someone's hurting, how many have ever been through a hurt in your life? That means we can relate to them. Has anyone ever gone through a divorce or something in their life with their family? You know what? That means we can relate to other people. Anyone ever seen a child, your child gets sick or things, you be sick in your body? Come on, anyone been sick? What can we do? We can relate to people. The Holy Spirit can cause us, I think, to be relevant that we can relate to people in such a way. It's amazing to me how many Christians try to witness to someone and they don't even know that person's favorite sport. They don't even know how many kids they've got. They don't even know their backgrounds. They don't. It's amazing how many common interests we can find with each other. It's amazing how many open doors that I've experienced in my life. Seeing someone walking down the streets with a Saints shirt on, he's pretty much probably going to be a Saints fan. Hey, you like the Saints? Sure do. You, if you start getting people talk about what they love, there's something that you'll find. They'll begin to open up to you. If you just take a moment to care about them, you see, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to make us, wants to make us sensitive, wants to make us relevant, wants us to be there for people, their achievements, their goals. We can discover all these about people that we can work together. Why? Because I think it's time we bring the gospel back to earth. How many would agree with me? We need to bring the gospel back to earth. Because, oh, come to church with me and you'll hear the gospel. No, work with me and you'll see the gospel. Come on, work with me and you'll hear the gospel. That should be our testimony. Why? Because God needs to make us relevant because relevance will impact our world. It's amazing how many people have looked at me and said, you're a minister? I don't get offended by that. I get excited by that. You're a min- I thought you were like a soccer player or something. You know, I'll have a jersey on and, and, and me and John Norman once in this restaurant and we're just playing around and just having a good time in the restaurant and we've both got England shirts on and they said, oh, I thought you were... No, I'm a minister. Really? That's cool. I've never seen a minister look like you. You know what that lady said? She said to me, I've never seen a minister with spiky hair. I mean, just little crazy things. Why? Because in people's minds, stereotyped Christians are miserable, boring, old people. Got no life, got no joy, got no happiness. But what happens is all of a sudden we go into their world and we collide with them. Like Elizabeth said at Mother's Day, we need to have a spirit of happiness. We need to be clothed in happiness. That when we walk into a place, we're illuminating the place and the people say, what's different about you? Oh, let me tell you what's different about me. You see, there's opportunities that will be presented to you when you make yourself relevant because you're now making yourself touchable. MC Hammer, can't touch this. That's, what, that's been the church's theme song for years. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Get away. Ooh, can't touch this. I mean, we should be touched. We should be touched. But you know why you can't touch this? Because we're not close enough to be touched. 
We need to get into people's business, not being busybodies and gossipers, but we need to start realizing that because of the experiences we've been through in our lives, we can help them with this. Our experiences may not be the same, but we know what it is to be healed from a sickness. We can give them hope. We may not have ever had a bondage or an addiction in our life, a hang-up or a hurt or something like that that we've gone through in our life. But you know what? We know what it is to face certain struggles and the answer is the same. Be relevant with people. The Bible speaks about people being too heavenly-minded to be no earthly good. My prayer every day is, God, make me relevant. I didn't say make me compromise. You hang around with me for a day, I don't compromise my stand. I am who I am. I believe what I believe, and I'm the person I am because of my belief in God. But I know how to cut up and have a great time as good as the next person. I know what it is to have fun. I know what it is to be able to get into people's worlds and to communicate with them, to be relevant with them. And it's amazing how many people, when you act like that, it opens up the opportunity to speak to them. I'll say this one more time. Revelance or being revelant is not compromise. It's not compromise. Not compromise. It can be, but it's not when it's done properly. Speaking their language doesn't mean becoming them, but talking or living in a way that puts yourself on the same level. Paul says, I know what it is that with this person I've been this, and with this, a lot of people say, well, that means if I'm going to witness to the bikers, I've got to tattoo myself up and put earrings and wear leathers. That's not what Paul was saying. If I'm going to, so if I'm going to minister to this group of people, I've got to be like this and that. I mean, come on, that's absolutely stupidity. Come on, that's stupidity, that I would have a whole costume closet, that every day I would have to dress up a different way and act a different way to touch a different group of people. Come on, that's foolishness. But you know what? No matter how someone dresses, no matter the kind of lifestyle, they all have the same problems. And Paul said it's finding that level where you realize and you meet them at their problems, at their need. Not becoming like them, but understanding what's going on inside of them. And knowing that... Have you ever thought about the trials and the tribulations that you've gone through in your life, that God's brought you through those, that you can have a testimony? What is a testimony? It's a testimony of a test that you've come through. Testimony. The test and the trials, we don't like them, but it causes us to be relevant. Gives something out. Puts us on the same level. God, may we never set ourselves so high that people think they've got to reach a standard to come through the doors of our church. Come on. God, have mercy on us. I want people to be relevant. How many realize that relevance, being relevant, can touch a life around you. Come on, number two, don't be elevated. Don't be elevated. Look what it says in Philippians, Philippians 2 and verse 5 through 8. It says these words, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, I mean, he was God. He was God. He wasn't faking it to make it. He was God. He wasn't being deceptive or deceiving if he would have kept that image. But what did he do? But he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself 
and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death on the cross. Jesus made himself of no reputation. Not meaning that we shouldn't have a reputation, that's not what it's meaning. But what he did was he took on the mind of us. He became humble. He didn't look for an elevated position, a position to be like a sniper to shoot down on other people. He came down right to the hurts of mankind. He was right in the trenches with the boys. He was right there where people were hurting and people were hurt. God help us when we elevate ourselves. Look what it says in John chapter 13. John chapter 13, let me just read it off the screen. Have you got it? John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you. This is Jesus speaking. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples. If you have what? Love for one another. So not only do we humble ourselves before God, but in the way we live, in the way we love, in the way we conduct ourselves, the Bible says that living in such a way, people will see that we're followers of God. That's what disciples mean. If you want to impact someone, start loving them and start loving other people around you. Because people will see the fact that you follow God in the way that you treat them. By this, by what? The love that you have for one another. The servant-like, selfless love that Christians display towards one another witnesses to the world that they are true disciples. Love in its truest meaning is not puffed up, does not parade itself, is not elevated but rather deflated. It says it does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Read it for yourself in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. It's not about what I can get, but rather what I can give. Someone who's elevated and thinks they're high and mighty, they're not going to be in a position to do that. Loving other people. Pride does not only cause a fall for us, it will also knock others down around us. Our pride, thinking that we're better than other people, will not only affect our lives, but it's going to affect others around us. You see, the love of God is hands and feet that's reaching out. I heard something of Mother Teresa. A lot of people look at Mother Teresa and they would say different things. I'm going to tell you right now, that woman was a Christ-like lady. The things she did was just mind-boggling. The love and the compassion she had for so many people. And she actually wrote a book. And in the last chapter of her book, someone asked her a question. Here's Here's the question. Do you think you're a special gift from God? Do you think you're a special gift from God? Here's her reply. No. I was just faithful to God. Incredible, huh? If anyone had the right to say, well, yeah, I did a lot of great things. And I guess I was a gift from God because God enabled me to do this and God enabled me to be that and all that. I mean, if anyone perhaps had the right to be able to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's someone that says, no, I was just faithful to God. What an incredible testimony. It's not elevating yourself, but it's realizing it's your faithfulness to God. So be relevant. Don't be elevated. Don't be out of reach. Number three, 
Be practical. Be practical. Do you realize your words say what you are, but your actions say who you are? Let me say that one more time. Your words say what you are, but your actions say who you are. We've heard it so many times. Actions speak louder than words. I've also heard this said many times. I thought you called yourself a Christian. Why would someone say that? Because in the way we live, in the way we act, so often we can talk a good talk, but we don't walk a good walk. If Jesus was here today on this earth, and he is living out every one of us, but if Jesus in bodily form was here on this earth, 95% of what he would be doing would never be in a church. He'd be practical. He'd be touching that person at the grocery store. He'd be reaching out to that person at the mall. He'd be touching that person he works with. It's amazing how practical Christianity can be. A lot of people get so hung up and say, man, I don't know chapter and verse, and and I don't know how to tell people. Here's Here's the promise that God has given every one of us. Just like the promise he gave to Moses when Moses said, I can't speak, God said, number one, I'll be with you. And God says, I'll put the words in your mouth. I'll touch your mouth. But in the New Testament, it also says that we'll stand before people and we won't have the words, but at the right time, God will give us. Has anyone ever experienced that, that you didn't have the words, but you just stepped out in faith and started talking to someone, and all of a sudden it's like you had this out-of-body experience, and you stepped out and you're like looking at yourself saying, who is that? Where did that come from? Come on, has anyone ever had one of those? But you see, it's just practical that you just begin to speak to people. You begin to tell them the lessons of your life. Just that smile can have an impact on someone's life. Just opening the door for someone. And guys, if you are a gentleman, you need to open doors anyway. I can't stand that. If you're at the doors of an elevator ready to get out and you're a guy, step to the side, put your hand over the door and let all the ladies out first. But I mean, it's just things like that, opening doors for people. But you know what? Don't just open the door. Look them square in the eyes and say, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. It's practical. 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 You may say, well, that doesn't count for anything. Listen, there was a guy once who was strung out on drugs and alcohol. He had OD'd and he was laying in a ditch. And while he was laying in a ditch, a little tract or for a service, advertising a service, came by and it blew at his feet or wherever he was laying and it blew there and it blew up and he began to read it and he saw this tract. And you know what? When he saw that tract, he remembered the time in a hospital bed as a child, years earlier, that a priest or a minister, whoever it was, had come to him and said to him, Son, Jesus loves you. And he cursed at that priest said, Get out of here. I don't want nothing to do with Jesus at a young age. But here he is laying in a gutter and a piece of paper for a service comes and he remembers the words, Jesus loves you. God saved him right there in that gutter, healed him, changed his life. Don't tell me, God bless you, can't change someone's life. Don't tell me that just opening a door and giving them a little bit of Jesus can't impact someone. What about saying thank you? There's not many people that say please and thank yous now. I mean, it drives me absolutely nuts. My kids, I'll have a Coke. I'll have a Coke, please. 
Can you get me a piece of pizza? Thank you. I hate that. No pleases and thank yous anymore. Show people respect. You respect people. I've shared this story many times. John Starnes was a very well-known singer who sang for Jimmy Swaggart, was world-known. And this lady that I met at Jimmy Swaggart Ministries, her name is Miss Irene, just a little, little lady that no one probably even really knows. She's back in the tape duplication, stacking tapes, putting them in cases. No one knew Miss Eileen. But originally she used to work in the flower beds and she would do the flowers. And she said, you know who my favorite person that's ever been at this place is? And I said, who, Miss Eileen? She happened to be English, so me and her hit it off. We used to have a tea together. And she said, you know who my favorite person in this place has ever been? I said, no, who? She says, John Steins. I said, oh, he's a great singer. Incredible. She says, no, it wasn't because of that. She says, he was the only one that when I was in the flower beds, in the sweltering heat, he was the only one that would stop and wind down his window and say, what a beautiful job you're doing. The flowers look absolutely beautiful. That meant so much to her that some 10, 15 years later, she still knew him and he was her favorite. Why? Because he showed her some respect. Use people's names. That's practical. A lot of people just feel that they're a nobody. Use their name when you speak to them. So, hey, John, how are you doing today? How's everything going, John? You do? I mean, it's amazing that people, uh, just simple things like this, it just makes people know that you care about them, that you know who they are. Just practical ways. As I said, be polite, be well-managed. All these things. So be relevant. Don't be elevated. Just be practical. 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 Look for ways to help people. Touch them. Number four, I love this one. Be consistent. I was just talking to someone this week, having some problems in their family, and they asked what pastor's recommendation would be. The first thing I said to them is this. It's got to be consistency in the home. Having problems with their kids, so there's got to be consistency in the home. A divided family... A mother wanting to raise the kids this way and the dad this way. Just problems. I said, there's got to be consistency in the home. If there's not consistency in the home, you're going to have problems with the kids. But it's the same in every area of our life. There's got to be consistency. We can't be this way, that way, and that, and this, and how, and what. Because the Bible does tell us this, that a double-minded man is going to have instability in everything he or she does. It's what the Bible says. A double-minded man will be unstable Instable in all of his ways. You know what in the Greek, all means all. In the Hebrew, all means all. I mean, it means the same. It means all his ways. Well, I can do this and I can... No, you can't buck the system. I hate to tell you this. You may be able to get away with it for a while, but it's going to catch up on you. We've got to have consistency in our life. This is what really gets me as a pastor, the inconsistency of people. Because here's my thinking is this. If you don't want to walk it, just shut up and don't talk it. Because you've just given us a bad name who's trying to do as best a job as we can. There's going to be so many ups and downs. Has anyone ever experienced any ups in life? Anyone ever experienced any lows? But you know what? Be consistent. I know so many Christians who are on, they're thanking God and nothing could be better. And the next day, they're like, oh, life's just miserable. I wish I was never born. What's the deal? I thought you were happy yesterday. Oh, yeah, but this is just this kind of roller coaster. 
You know there's going to be ups and downs in lives, but you know the closest way to get through an up and down is go straight through it. To be consistent, have that level ground. Just to be consistent in our lives. Just to be level-headed. Look what Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, and I think we all need to be reminded of this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ. I think we need to remind ourselves of that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means if he did it yesterday, he can do it today. If he did it today, he can do it tomorrow. Come on, that means that Jesus was consistent in how he was. And you know what? We're, we're supposed to be Christ-like. Now, I know that we're human and, and we, we, you know, there's going to be times. But, you know, let's have consistency. You know, let's make it consistent in our homes that we're going to be in church on Sunday and Wednesdays. That's not up for debate. We're going to be consistent in that. Let's be consistent in our giving. Let's just be consistent in who we are. Come on, there needs to be a new level of consistency in us. If we commit to doing something, we need to be there and we need to do it. There needs to be consistency in us. We need to be reliable. Because as we're consistent, as we're reliable, you know what happens? We begin to make the name of God great again. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You know how we make his name excellence? Just consistency. Being consistent with the discipline of our children. Being consistent with just every aspect and every area of our lives. There needs to be a consistency in a world of ups and downs. Because one day we're going to stand before God and he's going to say these words, Well done, thy good and faithful. Faithfulness comes as a result of consistency. Being consistent in who we are. And number five, last one, how can we impact our world? Number one, be relevant. Number two, what? Don't be elevated. Number three, be practical. Number four, number five. Oh, sorry, just checking, just checking. Number five, let's be straight to the point. Be straight to the point. What do I mean by be straight to the point? When there's a need, let's not wait for someone else to fill it. Let's jump in there and take care of it. Let's step in and get it done. Remember the Good Samaritan. He had every reason not to stop and help. The people who should have stopped didn't stop. He had every right to walk past. I'm not going to go into a history lesson, but the Jews and the Samaritans didn't like each other. They hated each other. So when here is a Samaritan with a Jewish guy, he had every right to look at the guy and say, serves you right, and walk past. And probably no one would have said anything, Miss Emma. They wouldn't have even condemned him for it. They would have expected that because they knew the racial tension there was. But notice, the Good Samaritan, it never says, when you read the story of the Good Samaritan, he never stops and asks, what's happened to the guy? Well, what happened to you? He never stops and asks the priest or the Levite, well, why didn't you help him? In fact, if you would read the story, it doesn't even ever say that he opened his mouth to speak except when he went to the innkeeper and he gave him some money and said, if there's any more, put it on my tab and I'll pay when I come back. He didn't ask what happened. He didn't speak. He just stepped in and he ministered to that need. He took care of it. Well, if only Pastor Philip was here, he'd know what to do. Come on, we need to step in and believe that God's going to use us. Step in and believe that God can use our lives. I hate this backdoor Christianity that people are kind of operating in now. 
What do I mean by backdoor Christianity? That they try to get people into church any and every other way apart from with Jesus. They kind of fool them into church and then they give them Jesus. You know what? I think we need to be straight with people. What do I mean by that? People around us need to know who we are. They need to know the fact that we're children of God. They need to know that we love God. They need to know that we don't compromise, that we don't drink, we don't do this, we don't do... And it's not like a list of, hey, look at me, I'm greater than everyone else. Because remember, we're not going to be elevated, we're going to be humble. But we need to let them know who we are and what we are. Where we belong to and where we know we're going. And can I tell you why? Because people today are looking for something to believe in. So if we're as children of God and we're Christians and we happen to share with them one day and we're sharing with them their lives and they're looking and saying, I never knew that about you. Why would that make them want to believe in a God that is life-changing if your life has not even been changed? I mean, think about this. If I'm living life straight to the point, if there's a need, I'm filling it. But you know what? I'm not being ashamed of who I am too and I'm speaking out. I'm being straight and honest with them because what? Everyone's looking for something to believe in and therefore being straight and honest with them is the pathway that they're looking for. Everyone around you is looking for the same thing that you've found. Let me say that again. Everyone who has not experienced Christ is looking for the same thing that you have found. Come on, let's be straight with them and give it to them. Let's not be embarrassed. Let's not be embarrassed. Well, what do you do Sunday? Oh, I'm church. What? I'm to church. Excuse me? I'm to church. You said you went to church? Yeah. Well, how was it? It's okay. I mean, just okay? Yeah, it's all right. But hey, had a great lunch afterwards. Went to Longstar. Have you ever been to that? Oh my goodness, the steak and the fries and had some shrimp on the top. Absolutely incredible. What's happened? All of a sudden, you've skipped from the important part and you've gone to something that won't change their life. Come on, let's not be ashamed of the fact. Man, we had, man why not walk in on Monday morning, tomorrow morning? Man, we had a great night at church last night. Really? Well, what happened? pastor just talked about how we can impact our world and how we can change people's lives. And it really challenged me because I need to look for ways that I can be really relevant and just not elevated and just being out there and practical. And you know what you're doing? You're sharing the gospel message with them and you're just telling them what I preached. Be straight with people. Be straight with people. Tonight I've just given you five simple points but I believe a life change in an application because they won't only change your world, they'll change you. I'm ready to rock my world for Jesus Christ. How many are ready to rock your world for Jesus Christ? Ready to see, you know, uh, and I thank God for everyone who is here. Hear my heart tonight, but I'm tired of seeing that chair empty and that chair empty and this one and that one and this one and that one and that one and all these. I'm tired of these partitions. Can't wait to take an axe and chop them down. Tired of having to put chairs in and out for different things. I want to see this place so full. I'm ready to see that. And therefore, if I'm ready to see that, you know what? It takes me stepping up and being that. And realizing I have a part to play. I have a part to play. I want to be part of the Great Commission that takes the gospel, (laughs) go into all the world and preach the gospel. Remember, my world's different to yours. So your great commission reads different to mine in the fact of I'm going to go into my world and I'm going to reach and preach and I'm going to make a difference. Come on, be relevant. 
Number two, don't be elevated. Number three, just be practical. Number four, what was it? Be consistent. And number five, be straight at it. Don't beat around the bush. Don't let people guess what you are, because they may guess wrong. And then you'll be offended. Or you've got your own self to blame. Let people know what you are. Jump in and minister to a need. It's a young girl once I remember fell and broke her arm. I'm telling you she broke her arm because I saw her bow and it wasn't sticking out, but it was just absolutely bowed. And she's laying there. You know what? Everyone else is around and they're calling 911. They're doing all this kind of stuff. And I said, you know what? Hey, let's pray. I prayed. And by the time she got to the hospital, that arm was not broken anymore. My cousin Mary was at school. I always remember this. I was playing field hockey and a girl fell over and broke her leg or broke her ankle. Her ankle blew up double the size, just like that. In a secular school with everyone else around screaming, what do we do? My cousin Mary pushed her and said, let me pray. She got down on her knees and began to pray for that girl and her ankle went down and that girl walked off the field. Don't tell me it doesn't work. I said, don't tell me it doesn't work. We can turn around and say, if only I have the answer. What do you think you have inside of you? You have the answer. You have Jesus. Come on, it's time that we start sharing Jesus. Oh, what if he doesn't heal? Hey, let him worry about that. But you know what? I've discovered this. In golf, they tell you this. If you don't get your ball to the hole when you're putting, you stand a 100% chance of your ball not making it into the hole. If you don't get the ball up to the hole, 100% chance. You know what? If you don't pray for people, 100% chance they're not going to be healed. If you don't reach out, 100% chance that you're not going to touch their lives. But why not step out? Quit making excuses for God. He can handle his business. I said God can handle his business. It's time we just step out straight to the point and take it on. And through doing that, we're going to impact our world. If you receive that tonight, stand to your feet with me tonight. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.